One, two, three, four. Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! It's my screen time too! Screen time! Hello and welcome to It's My Screen Time Too, the podcast where two moms just want to arrive somewhere less than 15 minutes late. Seriously, just five minutes late would be great. Please, for the love of God, just let me put some sunscreen on your legs and some shoes on your feet so we can get out of here at something approximating the appropriate time. Please. I'm Katie. And I'm Deborah. <laughs> and I have one son, only one. His name is Jay. He's almost three. And I have three kids, a five-year-old named Libby, a five-year-old named Nate, and an eight-year-old named Tony. They are adorable, even... Though it's so hard to leave the house. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> Have your kids done anything particularly adorable this week? Not mine, but I have kind of a screen-related story about a friend of my eight-year-old's. Um, so his parents sometimes watch like a show in the evening with him, and they all like house hunters Ooh. on HGTV. Um, and it's not a show geared toward kids, but it is totally family appropriate like there's no controversial content completely sanitary television and I (laughs) guess this young man has started using the term dated like really appropriately like (laughs) when they when they show like a picture of a potential kitchen he'll be like oh that tile looks really dated (laughs) which I think is hilarious that is adorable so I feel like I always tell bad stories about Jay lately or like lately I haven't been telling cute stories I've been telling awful stories so I have a cute story for today Jay wanted to make a dream catcher because we've watched something that included dream catchers and I explained to him that they were for you know catching the bad dreams so he decided he wanted to make one and I think I have a fair amount of art supplies on hand just randomly but Mm -hmm. I certainly didn't have like appropriately supple twigs to like make circles or anything so you don't just stack willow branches <laughs> no, no surprising I know um so I just like cut a piece of cardboard off of one of the bazillion amazon boxes that we get mm-hmm. and use some like embroidery floss to try and make an approximation of a dream catcher and of course like all crafts that require a lot of parental participation it only Mm -hmm. got like halfway done and not even halfway and it's like the jankiest looking thing you've ever seen but the other morning he woke up and he said mom I had some bad dreams but the dream catcher caught them and I was like oh that's great buddy it works and he says you did a great job making that dream catcher and oh. you're a great driver. He just woke wow. up in the morning because he spends a lot of time telling me what a bad driver I am because he heard that from his dad. <laughs> so it was just like this wonderful little message to get in the morning. I think he's just parroting back the positive reinforcement we're always giving him, but it was really nice. <laughs> what a sweetheart. That's so cute. So now he has the world's ugliest dream catcher on his wall. They don't care. They don't care about the aesthetics of crafts so much. (laughs) I do have some exciting podcast-related news to share with you. 
What? You know, I don't know if you feel this way, but sometimes you just get used to being ignored. And when it comes to being ignored, our Twitter feed is up there. <laughs> yeah, we, it's typing into the void for yeah, sure. Yeah, we don't, well, you know, we're not Twitter experts. We're still getting used to it, but we don't rack up the retweets or the comments or anything like that. So the other day when I was checking our feed, which I probably don't do as often as I should because see above, it's pretty boring. I mm-hmm. noticed that someone favorited one of our tweets. Oh, wow. Is it, that a star or a heart? It's a heart, I think. Okay. Yay. Uh, see, we're new at this. <laughs> and guess who it was? Who? It was a gentleman named Jason Sims Pruitt, who plays the king from Night Squad. And he Shut hearted up. our Night Squad t- our Night Squad tweet. Oh my gosh, that's so great. I don't know if he actually listened to it or if he just has like a search for everything that says Night Squad and he'll heart it. But whatever, we'll take it, Jason. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Can I call you Jay? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So more exciting news in the world of screen time. It's summer blockbuster season, and we both saw Solo. I cannot believe that we both managed to go to the theater and see the same movie. I don't think that's ever happened before. No. First run, too. (laughs) Yeah. And it's only been out a couple weeks. Exactly. We're doing so good. Did you go with Kevin? Yes, just me and Kevin. Did you take the fam or or all of them? All five of us went. It was great. I loved it. Everybody loved it. That's awesome. What did you guys think of it? I think as we learn again and again on this show that your standards are different when you're watching something with your kids. Mm -hmm. So going to see it just on a date night, two grownups, my standards were a bit higher. Okay. And I think I just wanted it to be funnier. Oh, okay. Like, it definitely had funny moments, but maybe it's because I had heard all the kerfuffle about how they replaced the directors, and I really quite liked the original directors that they had. Like, mm-hmm. have you guys watched the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs movies? Um, I have not. They are really, really funny, especially if you, like me, appreciate a good dorky pun. And they, Lord and Miller, were the original directors of Solo. And they are very funny, so I was hoping to get some of that from the movie, and I just, it wasn't wasn't there for me. Sorry, Ron Howard. I'm sure you did great with what you had. And it wasn't a bad movie. It just wasn't as funny as I wanted it to be. Oh, bummer. <sighs> I liked it. I liked the actor who played Han Solo. I thought he did a good job of channeling young Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. I liked all the special effects. Chewie is my favorite Star Wars character, and there's lots of Chewbacca. Uh-huh. And especially when um, they're speaking his language. Uh-huh. I really liked that, that part. That was really cute, yes. Yeah. Um, I also liked the new droid. What's her name? L3? Is that right? Lando's droid? Oh, and they're like romance? Yes, it was so that sweet. Was, yeah, I liked that part a lot. And of course, it goes without saying, or does it, that Donald Glover was amazing as Lando Calrissian. He was born to yeah. play that part. <laughs> yes, yes, he was. He was awesome. He's one of my favorites. I'll see him in anything, and he delivered in Solo for sure. 
You watch Atlanta, right? I do. Although the second season, have you seen any of it? No, I cannot bring myself to watch it because again, I just I want to I want him to be funny, and I'm afraid that Atlanta will be too like social commentary e for me. Yeah, the second season is not funny. I mean, there are some funny parts, but it's at this point it's something I watch because I feel like I should. Mm. Um, but it's not like I even enjoy it. Oh, it's no. <laughs> yeah, it's really well done, but it feels like I should be watching it for a class or something. Oh, man. Ugh. Okay, yeah. well, you're not encouraging I mean, me to watch it. No, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, but it's not, it's like hard to watch. Well, I guess I'll just wait and see Donald Glover when he plays Simba, even though I won't really be seeing him. I'll be seeing a computer animated version of him as a lion, but... I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see that. <laughs> All right. Well, should we move on to the actual topic of today's show? Who <laughs> was? Huh? <laughs> so for today's show, we watched the Netflix original show called The Who Was Show. That sentence included the word show three times. Guys, we watched <laughs> The Who Was Show for today's episode. <laughs> Uh, this, as I said, is a new show on Netflix, so it just came out this year, and I wrote just one line of a summary, and I think it works perfectly well. It's a sketch show for kids that presents historical figures in unlikely pairings. Perfect. And it's based on a very popular book series, which I think is technically known as the Who HQ book series. Uh, and it's published by Penguin Workshop, which is the youth imprint of Penguin. And it's one of those series that's written by various authors. And the books are all geared toward kids ages 8 to 12, which I feel like is a similar age group that they're shooting for with the TV show. Mm-hmm. We picked it because I happened upon it while scrolling through Netflix, and as you all probably know by now, I am a history nerd and was intrigued by the concept. And Deborah, your oldest, Tony, has some experience with the books, right? Yeah, you. This was we picked it out of a list you sent me, um, and I was most intrigued by this because. My mom is a Barnes and Noble shopper and she will often pick up a who was book for Tony, depending on his current interests. Like we have a who was Neil Armstrong book, a who was Alexander Hamilton. That's really more my mom's interest than Tony's (laughs) interest, I guess, because she loves the soundtrack. So I just was familiar with the books and they are pretty dry. Like they're they're not dry. They're just very straightforward, written to a certain reading level, facts, some illustrations, and they're not at all funny or irreverent, which this show definitely is. That's interesting. So they took a totally different approach. So it's pretty much just the name. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. Well, we watched, as we always do, the pilot season one, episode one, which was Gandhi and Benjamin Franklin. We also watched episode six, Sacagawea and Blackbeard, and episode seven, Susan B. Anthony and Frida Kahlo. And like we always do, we'll start by going through the episodes one by one, and then we'll move on to our more general thoughts. Deborah, take it away. So the first one is about Gandhi and Benjamin Franklin. (laughs) 
Um, where to begin? So it starts out and it's like a group of kids in like a lounge type area and they're completely inept boss, like that studio head or like the producer of the show. And he's like riffing with them about who they should cover. And they've decided to do Ben Franklin and Gandhi. And then it kind of segues into the show. And then two of the kid actors, I mean, they're like teenagers or young adult actors. Right play the historical figures throughout the show and they have vignettes about each historical figure separately but then they also interact like they're supposed to do a dance party and Gandhi just simply refuses (laughs) to participate in the dance party um there's also a bit where oh what is that show from like a long time ago game show where people were in like cubes. It's kind of like that. Like there's a wall with a bunch of doors with these historical figures faces and like the actors open the doors and talk to each other through this wall. And it's like very silly. Right. The laugh in wall. Laugh in, laugh in. Yeah. There was a rap uh, all, all about we got our faces on money, which was hilarious. <laughs> There was a who was your life game. Um, and, and then there was like the obligatory kite. There was a skit showing Benjamin Franklin like um, using a kite to harness electricity from lightning. Gandhi had a really adorable vegetarian song about <laughs> how he only eats vegetables. So there's a lot of there's a lot of content and the sh- it was short it was like 24 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yes, the sketches were all very short, definitely. So it was primarily supposed to be a comedy show, right? Mhm. A comedy show that teaches you things through humor. Right, right. <laughs> so the kids playing the historical figures were supposed to be like funny versions of the historical figures, but I really think in trying to focus on the funny, they lost any educational value like I already know who Benjamin Franklin and Gandhi are so it's not that big a deal for me to just Mm -hmm. see some comedic sketches about Benjamin Franklin and Gandhi but if the mission of the show has anything to do with teaching I really think it failed there and also as an adult it just to me wasn't always that funny not always that that funny like it got right up to the edge of inappropriateness I mean, Gandhi's, fo- the focus on like Gandhi's clothes and the way he was portrayed and it just felt kind of racist. And flippant and dismissive. Yeah. Yeah. Like the one big scene that they were trying to hammer home the point about Gandhi's nonviolent protests, he was trying to teach mm-hmm. these kids self-defense And the kids were all ready to learn how to punch things. And Gandhi was like, just sit down and patiently refuse until they give in to your demands. And it could take decades. And then the kids all like rolled their eyes inside. And that was the whole sketch. Yeah, I think if you have a pretty good understanding of who Gandhi is, you can find the humor in it. But if it is really a show to teach then it's not doing its purpose for sure and maybe I was less bothered by any flippant treatment of Ben Franklin although oh my gosh the Ben Franklin and farts sketch was just 
far too long and too much yeah (laughs) ridiculous um I am not a teenage boy I'm not that obsessed with farts but I was more annoyed with the Gandhi just because I feel like he's a lesser known figure and he deserves more right right but yeah we'll get deeper into our issues with it going forward any other thoughts specific to this episode um no I'm okay with moving on to episode six all right, so my plot summary of episode six, Sacagawea and Blackbeard, is, as usual, far less complete than yours. So it's the story of Sacagawea and Blackbeard told through short, funny, question mark, vignettes. And mostly it just portrays Lewis and Clark as whiny boys who need Sacagawea to do everything for them. And then she gets paid nothing. So to the episode's credit, they do bring up the fact that Sacagawea got a really raw deal. And I'm not really sure where they're going with the whole Blackbeard thing, as far as what the point is, other than he was a pirate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thought the best segment from the episode was like a animated segment called Arbitrary Facts About Pirates. That was funny. And that was funny because it was actually factual information about pirates told in a funny way uh blackbeard does end up as a head on a stick which i guess is true to the historical blackbeard and he sings he sings a really cute song about how it's okay that he's a head on the stick because he did it blackbeard's way and the whole song is a parody of frank sinatra's my way which i thought was funny as an adult Mm -hmm. Uh, again, there is much talk of farting, both with Sacagawea and Blackbeard, because Sacagawea traveled with so many men, and there are jokes about everyone farting in the tent at night, and Blackbeard sailed on a sh- sailing ship with men for years, and much farting again. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got for this episode. What did you think? <laughs> One kind of funny thing I thought was the there's like a HR dude in a suit who consults with these pirates who are losing their jobs. Right. <laughs> um and then he transports himself into Sacagawea's time and consults with her too. I thought that was kind of funny. I'm not sure if kids would get it. Yeah. Um and I think the funniest thing at, about this show was at the beginning when the boss um, is just so disorganized and out of touch. And it's clear that the kids are like successfully running this who was show all by themselves. And they're just ignoring the boss, which is kind of like the adolescent or young adult dream, right? Like you think your boss is an idiot. You don't understand that the boss has a boss too and metrics and things like that. And you just think you're so smart because you're young and invincible. So I liked that part. I thought that was appealing. Mm-hmm. I'm right on top of that, Rose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Kids, ask your parents. Oh, and another funny thing was um, both Sacagawea and Blackbeard like made entries into a WhoTube vlog. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it was just like a narrative to the camera that they did. I thought that was kind of clever. And that's where they talked about a lot of the farting. <sighs> That was not clever, <laughs> but I thought the vlog idea was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we move on to episode seven? Sure. So I think we just wanted to watch this one because it had two women mm-hmm. in it, and so many historical figures are men. Oh, and we did not use the random 
number generator we just picked the episodes we wanted to watch this time yeah sorry guys Um, we just we indulged ourselves you know I did not take a lot of good notes on this one um it was more of the same like Frida Kahlo and Susan B Anthony we learn about their history in an irreverent way and they interact at one point Susan B. Anthony like dresses up as Frida Kahlo, which was really weird. Yeah. Um, Susan B. Anthony is portrayed as just very humorless. And she probably was. Yeah. I am humorless whenever I think of where we are, regardless of how far we've come. Right. As women. <laughs> but um Frida Kahlo was portrayed at the beginning as sort of um, like frivolous and buoyant and bu- bubbly almost. Yeah. yeah, like ditzy. Yeah, but that's not the sense of her I got from that movie with... <laughs> with Selma Hayek? Um, yeah, and that's that's all I really know. That's where I've gotten all the rest of my information about Frida Kahlo. Right. Yeah, again, um, I feel like her side of the story was treated with much less gravity. So in a similar situation to Benjamin Franklin and Gandhi's, I thought. Mm-hmm. They made fun of her unibrow. Yeah, she was more of a gag, I thought. Um, there was a pretty funny song that Susan B. Anthony sang where confronted with all of the, like, not being able to vote, not being able to organize, um, essentially not having any rights in the society. (laughs) Like every time she was confronted by one of these wrongs, she would say, Hey, that's messed up. There were, I thought a couple of good sketches I liked and they both involved Susan B. Anthony. Uh, So there was one where she's trying to vote and she tries to like forcibly put her vote in the ballot box, but the ballot box just starts moving. So she's just like hanging onto it and trying to tackle it, which I thought was just funny from a physical comedy standpoint. Mm-hmm. And then they did this whole Bachelorette segment, which The Bachelorette is not a show that I watch, but it was Susan B. Anthony. She had two suitors and she had to choose which one to give the rose to. And in the end, she was like, no, this is messed up. I don't want to be anyone's property. I'm taking the rose. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but because they couldn't resist more farting and diarrhea humor, they had to have Frida Kahlo give the clueless boss some like super spicy drink. And it was a whole plot point that he was out of commission due to diarrhea for the majority of the episode. So That's right. It's three for three on the farts and the poops. Ah, I forgot about that. Do they, is it like, they have like a rubric and maybe a certain percentage of time of each episode is to be devoted to like bathroom humor? I hate it if that's the case, but I would love it if that was actually their organizational strategy. (laughs) Like to appeal to this demographic. Maybe. Yeah, it was, that was gross. I have to say, just I'm kind of jumping around a little bit in our outline, but is this a new mom or a newer mom versus a veteran mom thing that it really annoys me that we have to accept that our kids, our boys in particular, will only learn things if they're about farts and poops? I don't find that to be the case with my kids. I mean, they have, you know, they're learn like they don't have the same like body hangups that adults do, so they're just more free with 
talking about bodily functions and stuff and like burping at the table. They just think it's funny. They're not embarrassed, but I don't think that this is a effective learning tool. I'm just insulted by it. It's like, yeah. <sighs> like you posted on Facebook, like the toilet games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that when I was shopping at target, um, in the toy section the last time, why? Yeah. Why? So that really irked me about this show. It was, of course, it was reductive. It's a comedy sketch show that just happens to be about historical figures. Mm -hmm. But cool it on the farts, guys. Cool it. Right. Were you surprised? Because I didn't do any research on this show before we picked it. Were you surprised that the, it, it leaned so heavily into the comedy as opposed to the books that you said were fairly dry? Yeah, I was totally surprised. Um, I mean, I didn't know anything about it until I queued it up in Netflix and I was surprised it was a sketched comedy show. Pleasantly surprised because it was kind of entertaining to watch. I didn't know what I was in for at all. Yeah, same. Although I had kind of the opposite reaction. I'm just not sure sketch comedy is for me. And I don't think it's just in this instance with kids doing it, although it's probably worse with kids doing it. I think it's across the board. Uh, mm -hmm. But I just find it to be so awkward. And so few of the sketches land. I'm not really a Saturday Night Live person. If mm -hmm. someone says there's a standout sketch that I need to watch I will YouTube it the next day but I can't remember the last time I sat down for a whole episode maybe it's just the comedy of discomfort like when things go off the rails for the performers I feel mm -hmm. it too acutely <laughs> mm -hmm. and you know as a parent, I will go to all of Jay's embarrassing theater things if that is the path he chooses to take, and of I course, will love them and applaud them, but that doesn't mean I have to love it when other people's kids do it. Right, 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 right. I want to like sketch comedy, and I'm going to get to my point in a circuitous way. So I've read a lot of like books and essays about the writing process because I think at one point... I think at one point in my life, I really wanted to be a writer. Um, and along the way, I came across this essay that describes like how torturous it is to write. But some writers will do it because you spend so much time anguishing and it's just so difficult. But then like every once in a while, like some beautiful prose like flows out of your fingertips onto the paper or onto the word document and that is what makes it all worth it and I feel like of all the hours of Saturday Night Live that I've watched and like I used to watch Mad TV do you remember that show I do I do yeah um in living color mm-hmm <laughs> yeah, out of all of the hours that I've wasted watching sketch comedy, like the times that I've seen real comedy improv gold, make it worth it. You are such a better person than I am. No, <laughs> I think I was just willing to waste a lot of hours watching those shows when I was a before I had kids. <laughs> Um, For, like, the Chris Farley down by the river. Here's my issue, though, with your beautiful comparison. When a writer sits down and, like, has to wait for that precious moment where something perfect happens, 
it's not like we're being forced to read all the rough drafts before that happens. No, 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 no. That never sees the light of day. Yeah. And sketch comedy, it's like majority rough draft. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, like I thought watching one of these, if you're at the beginning stages of like a report on somebody or you come across a historical figure that you don't know about, like watching this is probably as good as reading like a skimming a Wikipedia page about that person. I, I you don't mean, think so? It's not nearly as informative. Seriously, any anything educational is relegated to the final segment where they where all the kids gather together with the boss and they have a rap session about mm-hmm. what they learned during the episode. And inevitably one of the kids will make some pertinent comment about the commonalities between the two figures and the important contribution they both made to history. And that'll be it. That's seriously it. Mm-hmm. So as an adult, no, I, I disagree. I would rather read like the 600 page biography. <laughs> but speaking of those kids and their rap sessions did you have any thoughts on the cast i really liked the young woman who played sacagawea and gandhi i thought she was fantastic man Um, she took like big swings on accents because she was frida kahlo too wasn't she oh yeah yeah she played every brown character yeah that was kind of yeah but she really tried with the accents i was impressed yeah. Um, I thought they were talented. Maybe not as talented as um, the kids from Zombies. <laughs> <laughs> the kids from but Zombies. But I thought they were decent. Yeah. And it's got to be so hard learning to be funny. Yeah. I mean, the comparison yes. that I made just... Do you... So there was this sketch comedy show on Nickelodeon for kids that came out... My little sister was probably in the sweet spot, so I was too old. It was called All That. Do you remember that show? Oh, I don't know that I ever watched it. I remember it, though. Yeah, like, I've seen very, very few bits and pieces, but I do know that that is where Amanda Bynes got her start, and it is also, I think, where Kenan Thompson got his start. Oh, wow. And even at the time, like, as a teen catching bits and pieces of it, I remember feeling like it was super awkward. Whereas kids younger than me thought it was very funny. But looking at Keenan Thompson now, who is, uh, I think, at this point, the longest running cast member on Saturday Night Live and is obviously Mm -hmm. very funny, you have to start somewhere and you have to learn to be funny. So I guess if this is how these kids get to do it, I'm happy for them. But it's but it's a rough process watch to watch. <laughs> yeah. They had a lot of funny adults involved as guest characters and as the boss and the narrator that starts the beginning of every episode. I don't know if you recognized his voice, but um, no, I didn't. It's a gentleman by the name of H. John Benjamin. He have you ever seen the cartoon Archer? No, I have not. Okay, so he's... I know I know about it, but I have never watched it. So he's the lead on Archer and also the show Bob's Burgers. Okay. Um, so he's a pretty famous voice actor. Pretty famous, quite famous. And then Andrew Daly, who plays the boss, was I think best known for <laughs> this show that I watched a couple episodes of and really wanted to watch more. But again, I just it was. T- it was too real. It was called Review. Did you ever happen to catch an episode? 
Mm-mm. So the concept no. was kind of great. He reviewed experiences and like okay. whatever experience a listener or sorry, a viewer would call in with is what he had to review. So he ended up reviewing things like becoming addicted to drugs or getting a divorce or like <laughs> just really painful things, mind for comedy that were a little too painful for me. But I think as a high concept show, it was really great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, so very funny people involved. I kind of feel like they all sat down in a room and they were like, we are great at comedy for grownups. Let's make comedy for kids. That's just dumber. And I don't think that was the right strategy. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think Netflix just greenlights too much maybe? Yes, I do. I definitely do. Um, Because I think there was just an article I read about how they are investing more money than any other network or cable channel in new programming mm-hmm. like they're really dominating new programming and I th- they just must have an incredible slush fund and they must just give the green light to everything it makes it hard I suffer from and I don't remember what the technical term for it is but like when you're presented with too much choice you just become paralyzed shut down well yeah. you're the one who said that you just spend evenings scrolling through all your options and you never stop and watch something sometimes yeah there's just so much <laughs> there's so much and with the netflix originals there's really no way to tell the wheat from the chaff at this point right but yeah i agree they green light a lot and sometimes without a lot of thought i love to see these really funny people working. I want to see what they do, but I don't think this was a hit for them. Did you have any thoughts on the music? I liked some of the songs. I thought the songs were funny. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I mentioned already, that rap um, about how we got our faces on money. (laughs) And the Susan B. Anthony song, Hey, That's Messed Up. I thought they were clever and funny. Not very educational, but I laughed. Some of them were direct parodies. And this was an instance where I thought the humor was probably something that mostly the adults would get. Like I mentioned Mm -hmm. the My Way parody that I don't know very many kids who are avid Frank Sinatra fans. Yeah, I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that one. And then I think the Gandhi song about eating vegetables was a Beatles reference, like to the Yellow Submarine or one of like the cartoon because the graphics definitely looked very, very Beatles movie-esque. Yeah, good point. But that said, nothing stuck in my head. There was nothing earwormy. Are you still humming any of the tunes? No, no. Um, So what do you think it compares to um, in terms of adult movie or TV shows? For me, the comparison that came up right away was Drunk History. Yeah, that's all I came up with, really. Yeah, Drunk History is like the funny version of this without the raps, usually. Yeah, definitely. Did you do any HBO reboot casting? I would like to watch sketch comedy and songs about like more controversial historical figures like Timothy Leary, Ernest Hemingway, Billie Holiday, Larry Flint, Erica Jong, Amy Winehouse, whoever wrote Stone Butch Blues. Like, <laughs> maybe this is all on the docket for season two of the Who Was Show, Deborah. You don't know. I don't really. I would watch that. I mean, I I think you can mine a sad story for comedy. If you do it right. I 
think I've talked on this podcast before about my conflicted feelings about Daniel Day-Lewis and the fact that I really want to like him, but I don't end up liking most things he does. But I Mm -hmm. think if you just had Daniel Day-Lewis doing serious interpretations of every important historical figure, that in itself would be kind of hilarious. He's so earnest. Just like these kids. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Too bad he retired. Yeah, but maybe he just quote unquote retired to come back and do television. (laughs) We can always hope. Has he done any TV before? I don't think so think about it Daniel do you think it was better when we were kids we talked about this a little bit with the poop games but I you know as a kid I did not watch a lot of educational stuff I don't think which doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't on I mean not that this is educational to your point I don't remember anything remotely like this Yeah. I really need it to be better than it was when we were kids and I need it to be better than this. I think it's going to be my mission to find us other historical shows to review that are better than this. Um, Merry Christmas, Mary Jane. <laughs> yeah, what was that called? Merry Christmas, 1955. Yeah, oh, uh, oh, we gave it five stars and now we can't remember. We're so fickle. <laughs> that was really good. That was really cute. Okay, that restores my faith in humanity. Thank you. The American Girl movie was so much better than this. And more educational. Yeah. In terms of, like, period events. I Agreed. Think. Agreed. Maybe we need to dip our toes back into the American Girl shows. Just to make <laughs> me feel better. <laughs> uh, would you ever watch this alone voluntarily? No. No. Although, I don't know, I might scroll through the list of who they've covered and if it's some if I want to hate watch something (laughs) and see if it's like a historical figure I'm like particularly attached to I might hate watch it I guess wow I won't even go there I am never watching this again okay (laughs) sorry funny people it's not happening I think you should go first for ratings. I usually go first, but it's your turn. Oh, I want I want to give it a one, but maybe I'll give it a two for involving so many funny guest stars. Let's just split the difference and say 1.5. Okay. I would give it a three. I did not hate it as much as you did, and I'm willing to watch it for just purely entertainment and not educational value. So I give it a three. I really liked that we got our face on money song. <laughs> did you watch it with I did I already ask you if you watched it with your kids? I did. Did they like yeah. it? They did. They thought it was funny. Yeah, they liked it. Tell me they thought it was funny for more than the farts, please. Yeah, yeah. And they thought it was weird. Like they had a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Like who are these people? Are they alive? what is going on like did they were they alive at the same time are they alive now was blackbeard really alive when they put his head on the <laughs> stick <laughs> again it seems like an educational show should at least address these very basic things (laughs) yeah so I don't think it's really appropriate I watched it with my five-year-olds it's not really appropriate for five-year-olds Yeah, I didn't watch it with Jay. I actually watched it at the gym, and it was even ineffective at making me forget that I was on a treadmill. That's pretty bad. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2.
Jason, please <laughs> read and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook to continue the conversation. And that's also where you'll find out what we're covering in our next episode if you want to watch along with us. Tweet us with show or movie suggestions or general comments at, at MyScreenTime2. You can email us at MyScreenTime2 at gmail.com. And our theme music was composed and performed by me and my kids. And our podcast is produced by Katie. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Screen time. Bye. Screen time. Bye. Screen time. Screen time. Screen time.